1 Samuel 17, verse number 33. And Saul said to David, Thou art not able to go against this Philistine to fight him, for thou art but a youth, and he a man of war from his youth. And David said to Saul, Thy servant kept his father's sheep. And there came a lion and a bear, and took a lamb out of my flock. And I went after him, and I smote him, and delivered it out of his mouth. And when he arose against me, I caught him by his beard, and smote him, and slew him. Thy servant slew both the lion and the bear. And this uncircumcised Philistine shall be as one of them, seeing he had defied the armies of the living God. I know it's probably too early for a revelation, but I've seen something while reading this to you that I've never seen before. David says to Saul, the real reason why I'm going to defeat Goliath is not because of our size differentiation. It is not because I'm faster than him. It is not because I know how to sling a stone while he can only swing a spear. David says the real reason why Goliath is going to lose, I hope you can handle this this early on this particular broadcast, is because Goliath is uncircumcised. I'll let that marinate on you real quick. The real reason why Goliath is not going to win is because he's not qualified. In the idea of David's mind, circumcision meant covenant. It meant protection. It meant that God was his security. This Abrahamic idea of cutting the foreskin of a man's flesh meant that he had a relationship with God. God, who was the Almighty, the Lord of Lords, and the King of Kings. David says, Goliath is going to lose because Goliath hasn't cut covenant with God. And so now I've kind of leveled the playing field, at least in my head. I can get the corner office because the person who occupies it doesn't have the relationship with God that I have. I can I can buy that house and sign escrow papers because the person uh, that is over the lending company does not have the same relationship that I have. Can I posit to you real quick? That the real reason why your promotion will be had, the real reason why your anointing is going to the next level is because you are in the right relationship. Maybe you should write that down on your mirror. You are in the right relationship and you are going to destroy your enemies because they are not covenant keepers. They do not have covenant. All right. So we're talking about intimidation. Intimidation is a very tricky spirit. I'm going to tell you why. Intimidation, uh, it literally means to overawe or to cow as through force of personality or by superior display of wealth, talent, uh, or to force one or to deter one from action by inducing fear. So intimidation needs to use fear to stop you from achieving. What's fear, Pastor? Fear is is a distressing emotion aroused by an unknown idea. I'll back the bus up so everybody can get on. 
Fear is a distressing emotion by an unknown idea. Uh, When I was a little boy, I used to be afraid of needles. I wasn't afraid of needles because they were small, thin and pointy. I was afraid of needles because the last person who was in the room getting the shot was screaming and hollering. And I assumed it would hurt. I assumed it would bring pain to me. Watch my fear caused anxiety. My anxiety caused me to be intimidated. So it didn't matter how small, how long or how big that syringe was. I was deathly afraid. Fear is a distressing emotion of the unknown. And I maybe need to suggest to you that you're afraid and it's all in your head. You have made it up for yourself. And maybe that's an okay way to live uh, for mundane individuals or people who don't mind mediocre lives. But if you're going to be brave enough to fight, if you're going to be a millionaire in this season, if you're going to be an entrepreneur or self-employed, you can, if you're going to be self-employed, then you cannot be filled with fear. You cannot have the fear of the unknown, even in your scope, in your um, perspective. You cannot be afraid of stuff you don't know. Sometimes you just have to jump and see what happens and take that leap of faith. And intimidation will always use fear. So here's what I call a heavy revy. I hope you can handle it. Maybe you have armed yourself with the writing utensil and you are writing today. I want to really breathe some stuff into your spirit so you can live today. So here's the first heavy revy. Intimidation can only be overcome by people who are unafraid. Did you hear what I said? Intimidation can only be overcome by people who are unafraid. You will never destroy or overcome the spirit of intimidation until you erase fear out of the equation. You cannot be afraid and successful. You cannot be afraid and a good parent. You cannot be afraid and an entrepreneur. Yes, you may have difficult seasons. Yes, you may have tough times. Yes, things may wear thin, but you cannot defeat it and be afraid. Afraid people don't fight right. That that was not correct to say, but I think it's important that I reiterate it. When you're afraid, you don't think straight. You you don't handle situations correctly when you're afraid. And so fear causes you to be off your game. If you're going to overcome intimidation, you're going to have to be a person. Watch that is unafraid. That's why whenever Jesus steps on the scene, he always says things like fear not or be not afraid or peace be still because he understands that those situations can be harrowing. They they can be Herculean. They can be great to us or gargantuan. And Jesus says, watch now. If you have the faith, the size of the grain of a mustard seed, you can speak to something that's much bigger than the mustard seed and tell it to be removed and cast itself into the midst of the sea. And the Bible says, Jesus says it will be done. 
Why? Because you cannot have faith and fear operate the same vehicle. Faith and fear cannot stand in the same spot. One of them must dominate. One of them must drive. I have concluded in the last part of this year of 2018 that I am going to allow my faith to drive. And that's why you're even listening to this podcast today. This was a leap of faith, but I'm not here to talk about me. I'm here to tell you how to overcome the spirit of intimidation. When the Holy Spirit dropped this series on me, he talked to me about a few people, uh, Nehemiah being one and David being another one. This is a pretty general uh, idea of what it's like to overcome the spirit of fear. So let me give you a brief synopsis or context so I can build uh, your faith a little bit further. David, you all know, is Jesse's son. He, Jesse's other boys are off to war. So Jesse orders his son to go down and deliver bread to his brothers uh, who are on the battlefield or on the front line uh, or on the sidelines fighting with the Philistines. Watch. David is taking food uh, to his brothers who have been trained and armed in battle. Um, I'm sorry, the Holy Ghost interrupted again. And the Holy Ghost told me to tell you obedience is always an open door to an upgrade. I hope you wrote that down. Obedience is always an open door to an upgrade. Watch. David would have never killed Goliath if he had been disobedient to his father. So the obedience of David puts him in the lineup for being able to kill Goliath. Uh, make sure in this season, uh, the Jews have this idea. They call it Maza. It means the right place at the right time doing the right thing. I'll say it again. It is the Jewish idea, Maza, the right place at the right time doing the right thing. And there are some of us who God wants to bless. We're in the right place. It's the right time, but we're not doing the right thing or we're doing the right thing at the wrong time in the right place. See, any variable of those that are not that is not right will cause the blessing to pass over you. But you don't want the blessing to pass over you. You want the blessing to overtake you. Who said amen? I heard somebody say amen. You don't want the blessing to pass over you. You want the blessing to overtake you. So you have to be at the right place at the right time doing the right thing. And obedience is always an open door to an upgrade. God wants to upgrade you. God wants you to have bigger better. God wants you to have more money. God wants your family to be filled with peace. God wants your marriage to be the best marriage on earth, but you got to be doing the right thing at the right time in the right place. David is headed to take his brother's bread and he could hear from afar off. Goliath is bragging about fighting and killing the Israelites. And when David hears it, he stirred in his spirit. One thing I love about David was you were never going to talk about God to David. You were never going to talk about church hurt to David, because even though uh, even as an older king, David had his own disparity and his own flaws. He never faked on God. He always 
had a fortified belief in God. David goes to the king, then King Saul, and he tells Saul, I hear there's a reward for fighting against Goliath. Saul said, yes, whoever fights and kills this giant will get uh, my daughter, Micah. And David begins to go mentally in the hot pursuit over Goliath. He is going to go fight Goliath. He's getting ready to step into the ring with Goliath. Can I pump the brakes real quick and suggest to you whenever you got a calling on your life, size doesn't matter. Realize this now, according to the text, David knows he's a giant, but because David has already sized him up in his head to be uncircumcised and to have defied the armies of the true and living God, his size no longer matters. I don't know who I'm talking to, but I need to talk to a dreamer that the size of your opposition is no longer justifiable for you to cower and to hide. No. Just because your opposition is big doesn't make you more afraid, but you, because you have a calling on your life, have decided I'm going after what God has for me. I don't care how long it takes. I don't care how tough it will get. I don't care how arduous this is going to be. I'm going after. After it, Goliath is standing in front of him and David is not intimidated by his size. Watch this. Here's the second or third. I forgot now. I've lost count. Here's the second or third heavy revy. Let's call it number three. Heavy revy number three. This is the season that victory is going to those who are willing to fight for it, even if you're fighting out of season. What do you mean, pastor? What I mean is David is too young for battle. David's too young for battle, but David doesn't mind stepping into the ring for God. And David is going to get the victory, even though he's not even supposed to be in battle. He's too young to have enlisted in the army, but David's going to get it. And can I prophesy over you listening to the city today? I don't know how old you are. I don't know how young you are. I don't know how long your business has been started. I don't know uh, when you established your church. What I do know is, is victory in this season is coming to those who are willing to fight for God, even if you are fighting at the wrong time, out of season. It's not your turn, but you're going to fight. You're not the one on program, but you're going to fight. You're not the one they call, but you're the one that is going to fight. God's going to grant you the victory. Would you just say that with me? God's going to grant me the victory. Now, if you've gone to church for any amount of time, You've heard this story about David to the point of almost making you sick. Verses 32 through 36 are critical in dealing with the spirit of intimidation and how David handles this whole idea of heading towards to fight Goliath. He talks to King Saul. And the Bible says that Saul begins to lay his gear on David when Saul could not talk David out of fighting this horrible giant. 
he begins to outfit him with his own breastplate and his armor, but it wasn't any good. The first thing we see in the text, watch this, is we see a size difference. David is a little boy. Goliath is a giant. That's the first thing we see in the text. The second thing we see is an age difference. David is a little boy and Goliath is a man. The next thing we see is an educational difference. David is a shepherd while Goliath has been studying war since David was a child or since Goliath was a child. So we see three things. We see a size difference. We see an age difference and we see an educational difference from whence. David is still lacking in most of those areas. Watch this now. I hope this helps you. Intimidation is dimensional. Did you hear what I said? Intimidation is dimensional, meaning that the spirit operates by measurements in order to give you something to compare it to. That was so big. I need to say it again. Intimidation in order to work has to work in the dimensional it has to be something you can measure. You wouldn't be intimidated if you weren't comparing yourself to somebody else. This is really good stuff. You would not be intimidated if you weren't comparing yourself to someone you saw on television or somebody else's education or somebody else's resources. You wouldn't be intimidated uh, if you hadn't heard the story of how somebody else had gone from rags to riches and how much they grinded or or what their work ethic was like. But the reason why you're intimidated is because you've measured yourself to them. Mm, this is good. And the only real thing that beats intimidation, watch this, is experience. Experience always cripples the spirit of intimidation. It's impossible to scare somebody who already has experience. Did you hear what I said? Even when it comes to a negative doctor report, even if it comes to being evicted, even if it comes to a red notice being uh, on your door for your la your gas bill, your light bill, it's impossible to scare someone who's been who's had the experience of going through it. When you when you've lived a little while and you've gone through some things, regular trials don't bother you. No, your experience cripples that intimidation and you don't fall into fear because you have what experience. So David begins to exclaim to Saul after Saul is adamant about David not fighting. David begins to exclaim to Saul, listen, the bear and the lion taught me some stuff that I need to maybe share with you. Watch. First of all, the bear and the lion first teach me that there are some battles you'll have to fight with your hands. Did you hear what I said? There are some battles you'll have to fight with your hands. The Bible says after he got the sheep out of uh, the lion's or the bear's mouth, then he had to grab the lion by its beard and to slay it or to slew it or to cut its throat. Some things you won't be able to fight from a distance. Some stuff you're going to have to fight man to man, face to face, hand to hand combat. 
Some things, it won't just take a prayer. Some things, it'll be putting in the application. Some things, it'll be walking three miles to get to it. Some things, it'll be fasting and praying. Some fights, you just can't fight from a distance. You must fight them hand to hand. But David says, the bear and the lion have taught me some things that the next battle I'm going to be in, I'm going to have to put my hand on it. Watch bears and lions don't uh, scare easy when they're very hungry. When they're on the prowl, a rock uh, doesn't uh, scare them that easy. When they are starving, a rock thrown in their direction doesn't scare them that easy. And so let me pause right here and say, if you're good at throwing rocks, you better be precise when your enemy is starving, because when your enemy is starving, a rock throne that does not make contact will not sway them from coming after you. David says the rock was only to start on them, but I had to put my hands on them. Watch this. And while the lion and the bear uh, are not as big or exact dimensionally as Goliath, all the battles have commonalities. So David says, I know Goliath and the bear and the lion don't uh, exactly match up to be equal, but I've learned some lessons from the lion and the bear that teaches me to get ready for the fight with Goliath. I've beat big things before. I wish I had a witness. Y'all, please forgive me. I've, I've beaten up some larger things before. I've defeated some big fears before and Goliath's size doesn't scare me. I've had to most of my life come into contact with things that were bigger than me, that were larger than me, that were, that should have been the, the catalyst for which I was to cower or to fear. But I overcame my intimidation. I overcame that fear and I fought the good fight of faith. Okay, let me stop here and say that maybe God incrementally has been testing you for a bigger challenge. And the reason why he's giving you one small test after another is because he wanted to make sure that you were listening to him. You pray before every battle. You'd always consider what he wanted. And then he begins to upgrade you with bigger challenges. And David says the lion and the bear are, are not the exact size of Goliath. But they had lessons in there that I've learned that I'm going to use against Goliath. Watch Goliath, the battle Goliath teaches us that other battles can be overcome from afar. We all know the story, so I don't need to maybe recapitulate that David uh, slings a stone and it lands in uh, Goliath's forehead and it sinks into his head and knocks him to the ground. But pay attention. That does not kill Goliath. It just knocked him down. That's good stuff. Bishop say it again. The stone did not kill Goliath. It just knocked him down. You have to be careful that if you're going to fight if you're going to step into the ring with intimidation, knocking it down is not going to do it. 
It's a great start, but you must finish. Would you write that down somewhere uh, close to your Bible on your notepad? You're going to have to finish. You're going to have to finish what you started. You're going to have to get on top of that enemy and you're going to have to slay. You're going to chop his head off because if not, it will come back after you. David understands the rock was only used to knock Goliath down. Watch. So when David throws the rock at the lion and the bear, he understands it only wounds the animal. The lion and the bear gives him the courage to be able to approach a hurting or a wounded animal because that's when the animal is going to be the most desperate. But David can't stop. If I let it go, another one of my sheep's lives are in danger. David literally says now, I'm not Goliath down. What I do next is important. I must go cut his head off. And the Bible says David runs over to Goliath. He pulls his sword out of his sheath. And the Bible said David cut off Goliath's head. I know it's a bit crude and I know it's a bit archaic, but let me tell you how to handle intimidation. If you're not careful, you will wound it, walk away and rejoice. And intimidation is going to go seek healing, go seek sanctuary, go get some more help. And it's coming after you with an increased fervor or fire or veracity. Be careful you don't gloat in the time you should be cutting. Be careful you're not celebrating in the time you should be conquering. This is important. David said, I know Goliath is down, but this is no time for celebration. I need to go over and cut Goliath's head off. And the Bible said he runs over, he grabs his sword out of his sheath, and he cuts Goliath's head off. This is what you may not see in the text that I want to maybe share with you. I used to run in the game. Don't judge me. I feel you right now thinking about me being in the game. I used to run in the game and I realized something early on as a smaller young man. I realized if you beat up the big guy, everybody else would run. Did you hear what I said? David gets a clue. But Goliath had displayed it before David got there. Goliath had told the Israelites, if it, you bring me one man to fight, y'all pick your best guy, you're going to fight against me. Whoever wins, wins the whole battle. Did y'all hear what I said? Goliath said, whoever wins, wins the own battle. See, you don't understand this, but the enemy has raised the stakes to uh, a level he can't pay. And the enemy, the spirit of intimidation has raised the stakes so high that all you got to do is be unafraid. You got to remember your experience. You got to remember what God brought you through and you got to follow through until intimidation is completely dead. David runs over, he cuts Goliath's head off and now he's won the whole battle. Not just that particular fight because the stakes were set. The rules had been made. And even though David wasn't there to hear it, not only does he have spoils, but he's helped the Israelites win the entire battle. 
And hear me now, once Goliath is down, he's encouraged everybody watching because people on the sidelines of those who were on the sidelines were sure that Goliath was undefeatable. But I need to prophesy to three of y'all listening to this particular podcast that God has put something inside of you that is going to destroy the spirit of intimidation for your family, for your business, for your partners, for your wife, for your husband, for, for everything you're attached to, you're going to be the one that's going to destroy that giant, that spirit of intimidation to give everybody else courage. You don't have to be afraid of lions, tigers, or bears. You, this week, this season, this year, you're going to destroy the spirit of intimidation. Let's pray. Father, whatever they're experiencing, whatever they're going through, I pray, God, that you would allow them the holy boldness to conquer and to overcome. Do not allow fear to be a residual effect on their lives, but I pray that you would help them stand up to what they need to stand up to. Make them brave. Make them bold. In the Holy Ghost, I give you praise and glory. In Jesus' name, it's been a pleasure empowering you. Don't miss the next part of the series. I'll see you again in just a little while.